Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into The Lost Art of Scripture, a pivotal work by renowned author Karen Armstrong, who has spent her career exploring the depths of world religions. Chronicling a journey over five millennia, this book unveils the transformative power of Scripture and its evolution across various faiths. Armstrong compellingly argues that the original purpose of sacred texts has been obscured by the rise of fundamentalism, fueled by literal interpretations. Armstrong, a former nun with a mystical approach to Christianity, has garnered widespread acclaim for her writing, earning numerous awards and accolades from esteemed institutions like McGill University and the University of St. Andrews. Her expertise provides unparalleled insights into the complex tapestry of religious traditions and the nuanced interpretations of holy texts. The Lost Art of Scripture is an essential read for alternative history enthusiasts who revel in uncovering the less trodden narratives of humanity's religious past. It beckons to the curious who have lingering questions about the role of religion in modern society but hesitate to seek answers. Moreover, it's a treasure for those who appreciate a rich and engaging story that interrogates and illuminates the corners of our spiritual heritage. Join us as we explore how scripture can be reclaimed to address contemporary, intellectual, and political challenges, seeking to restore its lost art for the betterment of our global community. The Lost Art of Scripture, Rescuing the Sacred Texts Introduction, Unveiling the Essence of Sacred Texts Through History What if I told you that sacred texts were more than just ancient words on a page? These texts, those that many view as the unchangeable Word of God or dismiss as archaic myths, have an origin story that is both dynamic and surprisingly human. Embark on a captivating exploration through the twists and turns of religious scriptures, discover how they started as living, breathing practices that aim to foster compassion and how they've been shaped by the hands of time and culture. As we delve into this narrative, you'll gain insight into the indispensable role of rituals in understanding sacred writings, how Confucius's transformative journey led to foundational teachings for civil servants, and the nuanced realities of spiritual practices mislabeled by colonial powers. Prepare to see scripture in a new light, one that reveals its purpose as an endless river, nurturing and guiding humanity. Part 1. Exploring the Roots of Biblical Narratives Consider the age-old tale of Adam and Eve. It's not merely a depiction of temptation and downfall, but rather a metaphor for economic struggle. Let's venture back five millennia to Mesopotamia, where agrarian life was the norm and serfdom was widespread. Peasants toiled under an elite ruling class that claimed the lion's share of their harvest. It was from this crucible of hardship that the story of Adam and Eve emerged, serving as an allegory for the peasants' plight, attributed to ancestral sin rather than the stranglehold of the elite. Fast forward two millennia to the Israelite peasants faced with economic turmoil, exiled into the wilderness. Their survival against all odds, paralleling the fall of the exploitative city-states, was seen as a divine act, courtesy of their God, Yahweh. 
Here's the crux. The Israelites used harrowing experiences to give birth to the earliest rendition of the Bible. In the stark desert, yearning to honor Yahweh, the Israelites aspired to create a society anchored in justice and equality, a stark contrast to the city-states they had escaped. However, as their society prospered, they drifted from these egalitarian ideals, establishing new power structures that eventually overshadowed their commitment to social justice. Then, circa 600 BCE, disaster struck. The Israelites faced conquest and exile once more, this time at the hands of the Babylonians, who destroyed their kingdom and temples. It was during this crucible that the Israelites leaned on their collective memory of previous exiles to keep their culture alive. To preserve their heritage, elite Israelites turned to oral tradition, mastering religious texts by heart through song and recitation. Their skill allowed them to draw upon sacred words in the same way a seasoned jazz musician improvises on well-known tunes. Out of the ashes of destroyed temples and lost rituals, like the account of Adam and Eve, they crafted a new corpus of sacred text, which would come to be known as the Pentateuch, forming the cornerstone of the Hebrew Bible. Part 2. Rituals and Revelations Shape Aryan Spiritual Narrative Picture a band of nomadic fighters from the Caucasus, the Aryans, around 1500 BCE, as they yearned to exchange their rough cattle-herding lives for a more stable existence. They choose the fertile lands of Punjab, currently part of Pakistan, much to the dismay of the inhabitants there. Fierce and fearless, the Aryans raid local peasants, seizing resources to assert their dominance. Amidst this ruthless lifestyle, a sacred tradition thrived. Their seers, the rishis, were bearers of divine revelations, transmitting the hymns of ancient gods while participating in the Aryans' violent conquests. The heart of the matter, Aryan scriptures embodied their stark view of life while offering salvation through dedicated ritual. Their scripture, the Rig Veda, is an anthology of hymns that brought sense and honor to an existence overshadowed by constant peril. The concept of RTA provided the golden thread connecting the cosmos in Aryan belief. This principle, transcendent of time, space, and interwoven within each individual, later evolved into what is now known to Hindus as the Brahman, the universal energy that interconnects all life. The Rig Veda didn't shy away from conveying the grim aspects of the world. Yet, paradoxically, it presented rituals or karma as the pathway to transcend the relentless cycle of death and rebirth, offering seekers the promise of eternal peace. The Veda's essence could not be divorced from its ritualistic expression. It was predominantly encountered through the rhythmic chants of rituals. To the Aryans, sound was to be revered far above the written word, so much so that written scripture was considered to taint the purity of the divine message. Every recitation by the Rishis was an act of returning the sacred words to the deities they originated from. This cycle of giving back nurtured in the Aryans a profound respect for the natural world, planting the seeds for the principle of nonviolence, a stark departure from their martial origins. Part 3. Chinese Scripture, a blueprint for virtuous governance. Step back in time to around three millennia ago, when the Zhou dynasty dethroned the Shang and ushered in a cosmic shift in China's spiritual landscape. 
The Zhou clan introduced a philosophical narrative in which the cosmos was governed by dual, yet balancing forces. For Zhou rulers, political success hinged on mastering harmony between these forces. Contending that the corrupt Shang rulers had lost the mandate of heaven, they established a precedent linking ethical leadership with divine approval, intertwining the sacred with the mandate to govern wisely. Thus emerged China's first scriptures with the purpose of guiding ethical leadership. The formation of the Zhou dynasty introduced structured education with the goal of preparing bureaucrats who could navigate and maintain the delicate equilibrium of cosmic forces. This educational canon crystallized into the five classics, a scripture that infused the rigidity of religious dogma with the fluidity of cultural traditions and good governance practices. Standing apart from contemporary religious texts, the five classics encompass not just spiritual dogma, but honored long-standing customs such as ancestral veneration and the artistry of performance. With time and changing circumstances, this scripture evolved and adapted to the shifting needs of the society it served. The responsibility of maintaining cosmic symmetry wasn't confined to bureaucrats. Ordinary citizens engaged in rich, ritualistic activities, which, like the scriptures of the Israelites and Aryans, intertwined words with physical experiences to resonate more profoundly. History marched on, and the once mighty agrarian empire began to wane, culminating in the tumultuous Warring States period. In the wake of these upheavals, the five classics were refined by nobles into refined codes of conduct, christened the Li, dictating behavior across all facets of society. Indeed, it was hoped that adherence to the Li would transform the Chinese elite into benevolent leaders. Yet as time went on, the pursuit of humility within the Li could reach comical extremes, with courtiers vying to outdo each other in displays of subservience, sometime bordering on the absurd. Part 4. Scriptures as a Beacon in a World of Uncertainty Imagine being caught in the eye of a storm, not of nature, but of political upheaval. During China's Warring States era, while some withdrew from society, a man named Confucius envisioned a different path. He established an academy with the noble purpose of cultivating ethical leadership. The Analects, a collection of Confucius's sayings, aspired to instill virtues of kindness, ego transcendence, and commitment to cultural rights. These teachings aimed to anchor individuals and communities during times of disarray, starting with the familial unit and expanding to encompass humanity at large. Here lies the essence of the communal power of ancient scripture. In turbulent periods across China, Israel, and India, philosophies were being tailored to address the chaos of the day. Mencius, building on the groundwork laid by Confucius, posited that with deliberate cultivation, anyone could embody virtues akin to the divine, a belief that brought solace to a population haunted by strife. Turning to the exiled Israelites in Babylon, among them was the prophet Ezekiel, who envisioned a bleak future for his kin. This prophecy spurred a collective introspection and the hope of reverting to a just society. Clinging to their heritage, they transformed their memories into a spiritual touchstone, laying the foundation for what would be known as the Hebrew Bible. At the same time, India was experiencing its own upheaval through urbanization which strained the traditional fabric of society, 
the Upanishads emerged as a spiritual salve, offering a compelling perspective. The divine resides within, binding the self to the cosmos. As a result, the seers, or rishis, swapped their outward gaze for an inward quest for the divine. The optimistic tones of the Upanishads, however, didn't resonate with everyone amidst the spreading violence. Disillusioned aristocrats, disenchanted with urban existence, took to a life of ascetic wandering, a path famously trodden by Siddhartha Gautama, better known to the world as the Buddha. Part 5. Scriptures evolved to soothe and guide in flux. Embark on a journey with Siddhartha Gautama, your guide through the transformative power of ancient spiritual practices. Known to the world as the Buddha, he refined his devotion to Hinduism by developing a new yoga that radiated boundless love to all beings. Such deep compassion led him to nirvana, the cessation of the ceaseless cycle of rebirth, and from this state, he shared his enlightenment. For those walking the Buddhist path, there was a newfound tranquility. Recognizing that suffering is part and parcel of existence, but could be transcended, they found a deep-rooted peace, enabling them to weather life's tumultuous changes with serenity. Here we delve into the core principle, scriptures adapted to resonate within the shifting sands of the times. Buddhism was not the only refuge for individuals grappling with life's hardships. Indian spiritual tapestries were rich and varied, with the Mahabharata presenting grandiose tales of struggle that denied any glorified reprieve. Instead, it taught acceptance of uncertainty and driven focus on the present tribulations at hand. In China, the tides of fortune were turning. As the Han Dynasty rose to prominence in 200 BCE, Confucianism gained the imperial seal of endorsement. Chinese scholarship evolved in tandem with the epochs, always tethering Confucian wisdom to contemporary relevance. Parallel with the expansion of Confucian thought, Buddhism also spread and branched. The solitary monastic tradition of Theravada sat in contrast to the altruistic embodiment of Mahayana, where the Bodhisattva remains within life cycles to assist others towards enlightenment. Meanwhile, in the Holy Land, the Israelites faced the shockwaves of colonial forces that reshaped their spiritual practice into a more concrete form. Amidst rebellion and turmoil, the canonization of their sacred texts resulted in the birth of the Torah, marking the transition of the Israelite faith into what we now know as Judaism. This consolidation of scripture was timely, for a century later, as the flames of Roman conquest reduced Jerusalem to ashes, it was the Torah that preserved the Jewish faith, becoming the cornerstone of their religious and cultural identity in a world where temples were no more. Part 6. The Transformative Message of Love in a Time of Despair In the wake of the Jerusalem Temple's fall, two pivotal shifts occurred. The birth of Rabbinic Judaism saw scholars huddled in academies, meticulously reforming the Torah to reflect the drastic changes in their society. These rabbis, hailing from the Israelite elite, fervently reinterpreted ancient narratives, breathing new life into time-worn texts. Simultaneously, a simple man from Nazareth was garnering attention. Bearing a new covenant between the divine and humanity, this figure was Jesus, whose followers would come to proclaim his teachings as the New Testament. 
in an era shadowed by Roman oppression, where hunger, dispossession, and the trauma of relentless subjugation were rife. Jesus preached a revolutionary ethos, championing equality over tyranny and advocating for peace in the face of aggression. This is where we find the essence. Jesus' proclamation of salvation sowed seeds of hope in a bereft land. While none of Jesus' initial followers bore witness to his crucifixion, the narrative became a cornerstone of their beliefs, spurring them forward with the conviction that Jesus would return to establish a divine realm ruled by benevolence instead of brutality. By the third century, the Christian narrative had captivated Mediterranean elites with its mix of dramaturgy and optimism. Yet, it ignited fiery debates, especially regarding the nature of Jesus, human or divine. This theological quandary culminated in two diverging viewpoints. In the West, Jesus was God incarnate, while in the East, he was a man who had touched the divine. Pilgrims began journeying to the remnants of Jerusalem, searching for clarity within their scripture. Among them was Augustine, destined to wield colossal influence on Western theology. Augustine's views evolved over time, conceptually marrying the birth of humanity to original sin, as traced to Adam and Eve's fall. This idea fostered a deep-seated sense of guilt that has permeated Western Christianity for centuries, molding its spiritual narrative into one fraught with innate culpability. Part 7. A New Dawn with Islam's Vision of Unity and Surrender The saga of prophets influencing the Middle East did not conclude with Jesus. Enter Mohammed, a merchant who, in 610, experienced the divine in a mountain cave near Mecca, returning with verses that would shape a new spiritual path. Mohammed's meditations on the cutthroat market economy of Arabian city-states distilled a longing for an earlier, more cooperative society. He envisioned a god, Allah, not distant but invitingly close, guiding followers into a collective embrace of faith. The name of this faith, Islam, translates aptly into surrender, encapsulating the surrender of personal ego to a shared religious consciousness. Here's the heart of this new chapter. Islam introduced an ethos of inclusivity and peaceful coexistence. The medium through which Muhammad relayed Allah's revelations was poetry, an art form deeply rooted in Arabian culture. Recited aloud, these verses would later be compiled into the Quran, or recitation, a groundbreaking and poetic scripture. When animosity mounted in Mecca, Muhammad and his followers sought refuge in Medina in 622. As resources dwindled, they turned to traditional acquisition raids to sustain themselves. Yet, as Muhammad's influence grew, so too did the number of his adherents. By the time of his passing in 632, he had unified the Arabian Peninsula. The wings of Islam spread swiftly. Partly, this rapid expansion was facilitated by military campaigns launched by Muhammad's successor, Umar, aiming to safeguard the newly formed Muslim community. Beyond martial ventures, Islam's appeal lay in its message of universal fellowship, a stark contrast to the restrictive doctrines of neighboring faiths. For Muslims, the welfare of society, inclusive of non-Muslims, was a divine concern. Muhammad urged followers to see past narrow interpretations of their prior scriptures, 
advocating for a broader entrance into paradise beyond just a select few. Within just a quarter century after Muhammad's death, the Muslims had carved an empire stretching across swathes of the ancient world. What lay ahead was the challenge not of conquest, but of governance, a domain where their inclusive ideals would be put to the test. Part 8. Scriptures Adapt to Unprecedented Times and Growing Empires It's the year 661, and Muawiyah, contentious in his political ambition, seizes the reins of power, triggering a schism with the murder of Ali, Muhammad's relative and a revered figure. The division crystallized into the formation of the Shia, known as the Partisans. With the dawn of the Umayyad Empire, scholars grappled with the practical aspects of Islamic governance, a topic not directly addressed in the Quran. Resolving this gap, they turned to the Hadith, sayings attributed to Muhammad, as a bedrock for Islamic jurisprudence. However, with interpretation relying heavily on the individual scholar, Hadith became a malleable tool. At the heart of this transition, rapid shifts prompted scholars to reshape scripture to demystify their evolving world. In the process, aggressive Umayyad scholars reshaped the concept of jihad to endorse military expansion, bolstering their justification with selective interpretations of hadith. Indian sages were also in the business of reappraisal, crafting the Puranas from existing narratives. These texts weren't meant to provoke fear or dictate behavior, but to enchant and captivate, reframing devotion into a vivid, approachable panorama of divine tales, thereby bringing religion closer to the masses. As the 10th century unfolded, China, under the shadow of the declining Song dynasty, fostered inclusivity through the philosophies of the Cheng brothers. Their stance proposed that political participation benefited all, and that Confucian sagehood, the pinnacle of moral virtue, was within everyone's reach. Yet, while India and China edged toward a collective embrace, Europe was entrenched in social disparity. A rising urban class amassed wealth, starkly contrasting with an impoverished peasantry adrift in a land of dwindling opportunity. Societal tensions simmered, brewing the conditions for an upheaval as peasants wandered the lands on the brink of sparking a revolution. Part 9. The global resonance of mysticism contrasts with Europe's rationalism. As tides of mystical devotion swept across various faiths, Sufism, a contemplative dimension of Islam, prospered by rebuffing the notion that only specific theologians could unravel the Quran's enigmas. Sufi practitioners sought a visceral, more spontaneous union with their beliefs, employing meditative chants and physical postures to echo the emotional state of Muhammad during his divine communion. This mystical journey resonated deeply with followers of Islam, bolstered by the Sufis' conviction that revelation was attainable for anyone engaging with the sacred text in earnest. A Persian poet, Rumi, penned verses that captured the essence of Sufism, bridging the spiritual and the mundane, and his work played a crucial role in enshrining Sufism across the societal spectrum. Yet as mysticism flourished, the Islamic world was besieged by violence. The inaugural European crusade culminated in a bloodbath in Jerusalem, a city synonymous with multicultural coexistence. Concurrently, 
Mongol incursions from the east menaced Islamic territories, prompting Quranic scholars to craft narratives of scripture that justified defensive warfare, a far cry from the Quran's spiritual core. The mystical yearning also touched Jewish communities, leading to the advent of Kabbalah in late 13th century Spain and Provence. Like their Sufi counterparts, Kabbalists yearned for a profound, almost indescribable connection with the divine by delving into the symbolic layers of their scriptures. There was an echo of this spiritual intimacy in India with the birth of Sikhism in the 15th century. The revelations of a young boy from Lahore culminated in a faith emphasizing the divine's unfathomable nature, the universality of divine love, and the inherent melancholy of existence. Europe, however, trod a solitary path with intellectual rigor from Muslim Spain, inspiring a quest for precision in understanding the natural and theological world. Thomas Aquinas, an Italian theologian influenced by Aristotle's legacy, sought to craft a synthesis of faith and reason, positing theology as an intellectual discipline akin to science. This rationalist approach set the stage for profound philosophical shifts as the Middle Ages gave way to the era of enlightenment, foregrounding a unique conflict between faith and logic that would reverberate through European history. Part 10, The Reformation, A Seismic Shift in the Christian Identities Europe in the 16th century was a crucible of innovation and calamity. Discoveries expanded the horizons of the known world, while the Black Death cast a shadow of mortality over the continent. Amidst this tumult, a German professor named Martin Luther catalyzed one of the most profound changes in the fabric of Christian society. In 1517, Luther's bold act of nailing 95 theses to a church door decried certain practices of the church and proclaimed that scripture alone was enough to connect with God by passing the institution that had acted as the intermediary for centuries. His timing was impeccable. The invention of the printing press had democratized access to scripture, and German towns had gained the economic might to challenge Rome's dominance. This marks a pivotal turning point. The Protestant Reformation redefined the Christian approach to scripture forever. Despite Luther's initial revolutionary stance, he balked when the lower classes took his manifesto too literally, asserting their right to scriptural interpretation. Faced with social upheaval, Luther asserted that it was the aristocrats, not the common folk, whom he envisioned as the rightful interpreters of the Bible, directing the masses to his own catechism for guidance. Nonetheless, the genie was out of the bottle. Educated individuals across Europe embarked on their own scriptural interpretations, leading to a schism that the Catholic Church attempted to address at the Council of Trent. Here, the decision was made to restrict interpretative authority to a select scholarly echelon, a move that stunted Catholic intellectual progress for generations. The ensuing religious wars further nurtured a belief that reconciliation amongst Christian sects was a fruitless endeavor. The quest for a shared foundation for truth then turned towards secular arenas. Cui René Descartes, whose epiphany in a snowbound inn suggested a radical departure from established doctrine, reason, not scripture, was the key to enlightenment. Humanity's capacity to conceive of God's existence served as proof of the divine. 
Descartes' philosophy laid the groundwork for a secular rationalism that would echo through Europe, steering the Enlightenment and revolutionizing the way people sought truth and understanding. Part 11. Rationality Reshapes Faith and Spirituality Across the World The cacophony of religious discord in Europe fueled a burgeoning curiosity. Could society do without religion altogether? Thus emerged the first European atheists in the 16th century, the Maranos, former Spanish Jews coerced into Christianity. Stripped from their authentic spiritual practices, they distanced from religious rituals and mythology. Science and philosophy, entwined for centuries with spirituality, began to question the divine through a lens of observable evidence, marking a radical departure from scriptural dictates. The era of enlightenment brought truth under the scrutiny of empirical validation. What couldn't be seen or measured edged toward disbelief. Here lies an evolutionary pivot. The rise of evidence-based rationale profoundly influenced religious traditions worldwide. From the 16th century onward, luminaries like Sir Isaac Newton harnessed science to advocate for divine intricacies within the cosmos. This represented a historic turn where Christianity's might began to derive from scientific validation and not merely faith. The transformation of Christianity wasn't confined to reconciliation with science. Political philosopher John Locke's treatise advocating the separation of church and state resonated profoundly in America, informing the United States' foundational principles and opening the door to personal and private forms of spirituality. Islam, too, was on a trajectory of change. The potent combination of gunpowder and religion propelled burgeoning Muslim empires, the Safavids, Mughals, and Ottomans, as they faced off the Christian supremacy of Europe. Yet the scientific supremacy of Europe eventually outpaced these empires, leading to introspective reform movements within Islam. Among them, the conservative teachings of Muhammad Ibn Abdel Wahhab would, in time, crystallize into a deeply traditionalist interpretation that would only find its political prominence centuries later. On the other side of the continent, in China, the philosophical embrace of Europe's empirical methodologies resonated with the Confucian ideals of neutrality and inquiry. Thinkers like Huang Zongzi posited the compatibility of European evidentiary approaches with an authentic iteration of Confucian wisdom. While some regions found harmony in blending European concepts with traditional thought, there were places where this cultural and intellectual synthesis would prove more contentious. Part 12. Reimagining Ancient Wisdom for a Compassionate Future Long ago, sacred texts were crafted not as rigid commands, but as lyrical guides to foster empathy and collective spirit, a far cry from the stark literalism espoused by the rising tide of religious fundamentalism. For these groups rooted in crisis, the experience of faith is akin to warfare, with any challenge interpreted as an existential threat reinforcing their unwavering attachment to exact interpretations. Amidst the 19th century American landscape, Protestant evangelism emerged, brimming with revelation and mystique, flourishing in defiant opposition to the logical detachment of Enlightenment thought. It championed personal, ecstatic communion with the divine, the antithesis of evidence-based inquiry. 
and now reigns as a dominant religious force in the United States. But as the fervor of reinterpreted scripture kindled new faith across the Atlantic, Europe encountered a spiritual void. Nietzsche's proclamation of God's demise signified Europe's severance from the mystical in favor of cold reason, a shift that, in retrospect, dovetailed with an era of unprecedented bloodshed. It wasn't just the European psyche that was transformed by these shifts. Their colonial endeavors branded foreign cultures with alien religious identities. In India, the British conglomerated a tapestry of local devotions into the singular entity they labeled Hinduism, a term that previously denoted geography more than faith. This oversimplification also became a rallying cry for Indian nationalism. As colonial and commercial interests stratified the subcontinent's religious communities, fundamentalist movements took root, bolstered by a desire to craft distinct political identities. It was a powder keg that ultimately fomented divisive, sometimes violent, factionalism. The 20th century saw the Muslim world grappling with similar tensions, entrenched under colonial rule and later autocratic regimes bolstered by Western powers. The resulting sense of betrayal nudged some towards a nostalgic embrace of a timeless Islamic doctrine, while others sought to reinterpret the Quran in tune with contemporary realities. From distant epochs to our modern world, Scripture's impetus to nurture kindness has remained unchanging, yet compassion feels increasingly scarce in our contemporary narrative. Breathing new life into revered texts, and through them, our collective consciousness holds the promise of rekindling the empathy that seems lost today. Only by breaking free from dogmatic rigidity can we preserve the relevance and transformative power of Scripture in a world yearning for solace and connection. Final Summary Throughout the ages, Scripture has unspooled as a living artwork intended to stir the soul and invoke compassion through the interplay of ritual and narrative. When perceived through a lens of metaphor and cultural context, these ancient texts can offer profound insights into both the perennial and the contemporary dilemmas faced by humankind. Today's insistence on literal interpretations is more than missing the point. It's a hazardous path that stifles the evolution of faith and its potential to heal and unify. The crux of our spiritual and scriptural journey should be a quest for empathy and understanding, vital for nurturing a society dedicated to genuine collective well-being. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.